Hello, hello, and welcome to In My Shoes. It is a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we face every day. And I am your host, Karen Davis-Thompson. And I am excited to have two members of my tribe joining me for this conversation today. So as you know what we do, I'm going to have them introduce themselves and then we will get started. So Tam, hey girl, hey, why don't we start with you? Hey everyone, this is Tamara. I, um, by day, I'm a diversity professional, diversity and inclusion professional. By evening, um, I'm not exactly sure what I am. Cancer survivor for sure. I'm a good, girl, close girlfriend to others. I'm um, excited to be here today. So thanks for having me, Karen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And so Amber, are you ready to say hey to the people? Hey, everybody. Y'all know me by day. I work for a local government agency. And in the evenings, I do some of everything. I'm a new mother and I got my own little side hustle going on. And my baby is there talking. So if you all hear a little, you know, noise here and there, just know that she wanted to be a part of this conversation. This real life child. We doing what we got to do. So the conversation that I wanted to have and that people have been having on the Internet and uh, in social media circles, we've had the conversation. And I thought it was timely because, you know, the Olympics um, were winding down from some of the gymnastics, swimming, that sort of thing. And we're starting to get more into the track and field events. And so by now, you probably know where I'm going with this. I wanted to have a conversation with a few of my tribe members about their view on Shikari Richardson, what happened uh, with her, the Olympic dream that is now on hold for her because she was disqualified for testing positive for, is it what's THC is the ingredient in marijuana and uh, how they feel about it, what their thoughts are, um, you know, the way social media handled it, the way she handled it, whether or not we think it's fair for marijuana to be a banned substance, that sort of thing. So um, if you have not been paying attention, you know that Shikari Richardson, like, I mean, she was running people over uh, in the, um, in the championships and in the, in the Olympic trials. And I mean, she just came out of nowhere on the scene. There had been interviews, you know, she does have a little bit of a slow start. They say out of the block, but uh, when she picks up speed, she was like mowing people down. Right. And everybody was excited. Um, people compared her. They compared her to Flojo with the um, hair, the different color hair. I mean, people were just excited. And then the test came. And first it was a banned substance and you didn't know what that meant. And then when people heard it was marijuana, you had people saying, um, you know, this is ridiculous. It's just a little weed. She should still be able to compete. Uh, then you had those who say it's a banned substance and the rules are what they are. Um, and unfortunately, you know, they apply to her as well as to everybody else. And while we were all excited, we're going to have to wait. So Tam, why don't you start first? Tell me a little bit about how you feel first um, about whether or not you think marijuana should be banned as a, a banned substance with the Olympics? Um, I don't think it should be a banned substance at, at the Olympics. It is, does not enhance anyone's performance. If anything, it probably slows down, especially specifically an athlete's performance. So I don't feel that the mar her having marijuana or her smoking marijuana um, gave her an edge over her competitors. Um and allowed her to be faster, if anything, you know, and if you've had the opportunity to have smoked weed or, or a partaker of weed on the, on the regular, um, it, you know, slows down your um, process. It takes away pain. It can, you know, kind of mask pain, but um, she wasn't complaining about having any type of injuries or anything of that nature. Um, and so, and as we, we notice within the U.S., there are so many states that are legalizing weed. Um, yes, still on the federal level, it is criminalized. Um, but I don't feel it is a substance that is a, a sports enhancement um, and gives any competitor or sports or athlete an edge. Thank you very much, ma'am. So Amber, how do you feel about first, we're just talking about whether or not we think it should be a banned substance. Um, you know, when you hear that phrase, you're thinking that it's some sort of steroid or something that is performance enhancing. Um, and so what do you think about that? And then we'll get into Shikari in particular. Um, I really don't. I don't have much knowledge of, um, you know, how they call it on the street weed. But um, I don't have much knowledge of that. But, I, you know, I don't. I would have, just like to say we're cracking up. She said, like, oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> what do they call it on the streets? I can't. Hey, but um, from what I do know about it, um, what Tam has said, I don't know it to be any kind of enhancing type of drug. You know, I'm not a doctor. Um, personally, I kind of felt that maybe there's something in there only because it is something that does alter chemically whatever's in your system. So perhaps maybe that would give you this possible edge. But from what I've known from it and heard about it, it usually makes you sluggish. Um, it usually makes you kind of tired. But I thought I've heard some people say that it gives them some energy. So, you know, that street drug weed. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just not, I, I don't feel like I'm an expert on it, but as from what the little bit I know, I don't think it enhances anything. So on the surface, I would think that it wouldn't be a big deal. Thank you so much for that, Amber, and your um, knowledge of the street drug weed. I appreciate it. I'm sorry, but that's just funny. Um, so for me, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like Amber. I don't know enough to know whether or not it, it gives you, I know it does, you know, it, it gives, it does help with pain. Some people just like it because they like the way it makes them feel, whether or not it gives you an edge from a sports perspective, I have no idea. Um, and so I'm kind of like Amber when it comes to that, I don't know enough about it to know whether or not that's the case. Um, but for me, and this is what I really wanted to get into today. Um, I wonder though, um, whether or not she needed to pay better attention. And, and I know maybe it's difficult there. Maybe there's a long list of, 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 of things that you're not supposed to put into your system. But at the end of the day, uh, this is a banned substance, whether we agree or disagree, she did use it. It was in her system. Therefore she cannot compete um, in the race you know, it was a hundred. She will not be able to compete in that race. By the time her ban, um, her, her punishment was up, the race would be over. And so like it or not for better or worse, um, those are the rules as they stand right now. And, um, it, they apply to her as well as anybody else, no matter how fast she is. And so we are where we are. Uh, so Tam, do you think that because uh, so many people feel like, oh, it's just weed, or I don't know what the science is on why they would make it a banned substance, but do you think that there was something that should have been worked out so that she was able to compete? I'll let you go first. I think the rules are the rules, unfortunately. Um, and I'm not sure if there could have been something worked out. Now, from what I understand, there have been other athletes um, who have tested positive for the same thing. And there may be some questions around, is her, is her punishment too harsh due to the color of her skin? Could they have worked something out and they chose not to due to the color of her skin? Um, whereas other athletes who were not people of color um, who have been known to have either worse, who have had, you know, worse drugs um, in their system or who have been abusers of drugs have still been permitted to compete. Um, but I think, you know, again, she knew whether she knew at the time or whether she, you know, after the fact that, you know, marijuana is on the list of banned substances and as an athlete, she should have avoided um, marijuana. But I also understand due to the reasoning she provided of why she did what she did, um, you know, why that may not have been on the forefront of her mind, um, given what was going on in her personal life. Thank you for that. And just really quickly, for those who may not know, that was part of what she said was the issue. She was dealing with the death of her mother, and that was what she was using to kind of cope with what was going on in her life at the time. And the state they were in, it was legal. Now it's banned with the um, U.S. Olympic Committee, but it, in the state she was in, it was legal. So Amber, how do you feel about it? Some people feeling like they should have allowed her to um, participate because it's just weed. So what's your thought on that? Um, just solely on that, I, I feel similar to Tam. Um, unfortunately, the rules are the rules and something as important as the Olympics. Um, I'm pretty sure there's, you know, documents they had to sign, read, um, those various things. And um unfortunately, it, you know, it's a sad occasion of what was going on in her life. And, you know, maybe there was a better for, way for her to cope. But um, if it's a list of drugs that you cannot use, then you can't use it. And if you're caught using it, then therefore, you know, whatever the consequences are, whether you're banned, whether you're, you know, kicked out of some of your races or all of the races, but whatever the rules are, the rules are the rules. And y'all hear my niece, she wants y'all to know the rules are the rules. Thank you very much. 
hear back there. <laughs> um, so I wanted to address, I know there were a lot of people, you may not have been talking about him in particular, Tam, but I know there was a lot of discussion around uh, Michael Phelps and the fact that he uh, too uh, has been known to use marijuana and people were comparing the two situations. Um, and I did a little research before we started and I thought I knew the answer to this. And you may not have been talking about him in particular, but I know there were a lot of people who felt that because of the color of her skin, she was treated differently. And Michael Phelps, who also was caught with marijuana, did not test positive for marijuana um, during the Olympics or before um, the start of of an Olympic game. Um, he did test positive during a time when it did not overlap. However, from what I've read, he was suspended for three months um, by U.S. swimming in response to, I think there were pictures that were shown of him using it um, on social media. So he did get a suspension. And I think hers was less than that because she agreed to go to, through like a treatment program. Uh, but there has been some talk of that. Um, and I know, Tam, you touched on a little bit. So, Amber, I'll let you go first. And then, Tam, if you want to add anything, do you feel like this is a case where uh, she was perhaps treated differently because of the color of her skin? Or do you think this is just more about the fact that uh, so many people's guard are down now? When I say guard is down, but it, it's an accepted practice in so many places now to use marijuana that people just can't believe that we're even talking about this. And why is this even an issue? Or do you feel that there is something um, about it that has to do with the color of her skin. Amber, you go first. Well, in just comparing her to Michael Phelps, um, I feel his situation's a tad different, um, that he wasn't, you know, he didn't test positive during the Olympics. Um, but um, from what I can gather, I don't know what the exact situations were. On the surface, I can tell you that I think that it's just that people are, when I hear the comments that other people say, it's more so talking about the fact that it's just so commonplace and it's legal everywhere and or most places and it's not a big deal. Um, I think people are a little more upset because of that. Um, as far as the color of her skin, it's hard to say because, you know, these days with what's going on, um, that could really be a factor, you know, but, you know, we'd have to run some stats or get some numbers and find out because I know that there's all kind of levels and there's different types of drugs and there's this kind of thing that's in this, but this is allowed. It can get really specific with the drugs and what's allowed and what's not. So on the surface, I would say that, no, it just sounds like she had THG or weed in her system and wasn't allowed to have that in there and she should not race. It's, you know, the bottom line. But was she not given some of the same courtesy that someone else may be of another race? It's a possibility, especially with the way that things are going. But unfortunately, I don't know if we'll ever really know if that was the case, because if that happened, I think that they pretty much probably hit it much better than they did. Um, I just think that hers gets so much traction because of the drug being uh, so um, just a... Um, what do you call it? Like a, you just a universal drug drug or a drug that everybody feels like that isn't a drug. They just feel like it's for recreational purposes and it's so legal everywhere. And I think that's more of the bigger deal of why people are making such a big deal about it. And what about you, Tam? I know you touched on it a little bit that that's what you hear people saying, but do you feel that there is a color component to this, that um, her race has anything to do with the suspension that she received. I think a lot of it when they compare it to Michael Phelps is the timing, but there may be other athletes. I, I don't know of any others that they talked about, but there may be others. What are your thoughts? I think it might just be the timing. Um, I know that there seems to be not just this particular topic we're talking about, but there seemed to be a, a um, attack maybe too harsh of a word, but I can't think of anything else to another word to use at this time on um, black athletes, um, not only, you know, Shakira, but this black swimmers specifically from the U S who wanted to use a specific cap to protect their hair in the Olympics saying, no, those black swimmers couldn't use that cap. They had to use the regulated cap that all of the non-white athletes use, but unfortunately their hair would not fit under that same cap. Um, also, what um, with an attack on athletes that were from, I can't remember what African country, but another, I think they might have been runners, um, and, uh, you know, disqualifying them or 
from being able to compete in the Olympics. So I think the timing and also what's going on in the world and just the heightened um, focus and spotlight of people of color and how they're treated in the world um, may have just added, you know, additional lens or an additional opportunity for us to say, or for people to link that, you know, they could have said this, or they could have done this differently, or they could have waited, or they could have shortened her suspension process so that she could, could, could compete. At the end of the day, you know, like we've said, um, she was aware of the roles um, as far as it, to be able to compete within the Olympics. Yes, in her state, it is not illegal to smoke marijuana recreationally, um, but she also has to think about her job and her job at the time is, you know, to be an, an Olympic athlete. And so what are those rules? And, you know, what is going to prevent me from being able to compete? And unfortunately, smoking weed is one of those things that's going to prevent you from being able to compete at the top, is, you know, at the highest level in your sport. And so I think we want to ensure that everyone's being played fairly and, you know, experiencing things fairly. Um, but it sometimes seems in general that people of color get the short end of the stick. I don't think she got the short end of the stick in this situation because of her color, but you know, because of the the current environment, there is a lot of spotlight on how people of color are being treated. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that a lot of it is timing. Um, and it just is one of those things, you know, I always, I, I bring it up just because so often we are quote unquote accused of playing the race card all the time. Uh, and so, um, I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on that because, um, you know, I, I always want us to make sure that even as we discuss issues that impact women of color, um, and we do know that a lot of times it is viewed differently for us. Um, and I think in the black community, it was just like, oh man, you know, just because she was so good and young and, and, and it just, you know, that brought back memories of, you know, when Flojo was, was running and people were just really excited. And so for us, it was heartbreaking. Um, but I think that, you know, it's important just to, just to talk about it and know that I think in her case, definitely, um, in my opinion, I don't think color played a, a role. Um, it was more the timing. Um, and just quickly, I wanted to get your opinion. I, you know, again, I looked up some of the articles around this and um, she did speak with the Today Show and she talked about the fact that she did know the rules. She knew that she was not supposed to do it and she made the decision to do it anyway, you know, citing the news that she had gotten by the mom and just where she was in her life. So according to what she is saying, she did know that it was something that she was not supposed to have in her system. Uh, and then she went and had a, a, a series of tweets where uh, she talked about those who supported her and for those who were negative, forget y'all because, you know, the games won't be the same. And, um, you know, and then one of them, she talked about all these people who think they're perfect and know how to live life. And I'm glad I'm not one of them. Uh, so those were some of the tweets and things that she put out. How do you guys think that she handled this situation? Um, you know, factoring in, she is young, she's 21. But how do you think um, she handled the criticism and, um the fact that she was not going to be able to compete, especially in light of the fact that she is saying that she didn't know that she wasn't supposed to have it in her system. Uh, Amber, I'll let you go first. Um, just like you said, she is 21. Um, I think she, there are some things she could have done better. You know, the tweeting, the kind of going off the handle on people. Um, but all of that comes with maturity and learning. Um, I think that a better way to handle it would have been to be a little more humble, um, especially since you have admitted that, Yes, I knew that it was a drug that I was not supposed to use. And yes, I did use it. Um, I think she was, you know, not giving an excuse, but just trying to explain that, you know, what the things were going on, on in her life and the death of her mother. I think that was an OK place to go. Um, not that it was excusing it, but just kind of telling you where she was in her life and how she felt and what was going on. But I just think that um, maturity would have taught her to just kind of just be humble, be quiet, say your apologies. You know, I should have known better. And just kind of move on. You can't really react. But a lot of people that are a little bit immature, they like to deflect and they like to, you know, say something about other people or, you know, and kind of being a little haughty how she was about saying that, you know, the game won't be the same. All of those kind of things. All of that were just was just unnecessary things to me that just didn't need to be said. 
And um, I just think that it would have been a better choice for her to be a little more humble, um, not really have a bunch of tweets, kind of go silent, because usually when you go silent and don't ignite it and add fuel to the fire, it will buy, you know, it'll kind of go over, blow over, bypass, and someone will be talking about something else later. Um, not that she would have been able to race or that would have changed the Olympic Committee's mind, but it just kind of would have re removed you from the spotlight. Um, so I don't think her reaction was the best. I think she started out in the right direction. Um, but I think that just like with anyone, you kind of sit at home, think about it. You get mad about this. You want to blame somebody else when the bottom line is it's really your fault. You took the drug. No one forced you to take it. And, you know, even if they told you not to take Tylenol, you know, that's just, just a common drug. But if it's on the list and this is something important to you, and like Tam said, this is her job. If this is your job, then you just have to follow those rules or find another job that allows you to do the things that you want to do. But if this is something you want to do, you have to follow the rules and how she reacted. There's no one else to blame, but that's usually what people do. They want to deflect. But the best way to deflect for me, I think, is just to go silent. Say what you have to say, uh, you know, apologize, say that, you know, you understand what happened and just kind of move on and be quiet. People will move on. People will forget about it. And I think they'll respect you more in the end. Tam, what about you? How do you think she handled it? Um, I I agree with Amber. It's definitely a you know in you it's immaturity. Um, but we also have to remember that she, because of her speed, it placed her on a completely different stage than maybe she was seven months ago, right? Um, and then on fact of not only are you super fast and you know the U.S. has great hopes for you to really represent, you know, at the Olympics and bring us home a gold. Then you have the, you know, on top of that, the fact that then she didn't test positive for, you know, drug use and gets disqualified. So then again, it puts her on a, on a stage that, as we know, most athletes are not prepared to be on, right? To be a public figure, for people to look up to them, for people to be hanging on every word that you say. And even when you think about teenagers I and mean, then you think about grown adults too, and we've seen this, not recognizing that, yes, your social media is your social media, but as you get gain more exposure to the world or the world gains more exposure to you, your voice carries now and has more weight and gets amplified to a larger audience. And so people are waiting, you know, you've already fallen once and they're hanging and waiting for you to help, you know, to fall again. Um, which is sad, right? We get inter we we as humans get entertained at people's foibles and people's you know um, pain versus truly only being excited and celebrating with them when things are happy, and then you know having concern when things are not going going your you know aren't going in a positive direction. It's immaturity. It is you know not recognizing who she now is and what what her social media. Um, reach is now because of who she now is um, on the world stage. And so, and also, you know, it could be her own disappointment. So it could be her fighting against her own disappointment of not only did she let herself down, she let a country down and perhaps to who knows, maybe, you know, she might've let her mom down. We don't know what her mom may have said to her during her training and how excited she was and how proud she was. And for, you know, this one mistake to kind of set the tone for who she is for this next three, you know, two to three weeks. And hopefully it does die down, you know, down in down the road, but also her dealing with her own disappointment. We already see that how she has dealt with the death of her mom wasn't in the most positive light. So she doesn't have the tools, unfortunately. Um, the tools haven't been provided to her to be able to navigate this new world that she's in. And so she's doing the best she can with who, the tools that she has. And unfortunately, it's not, you know, she's not representing herself in the best light. You know, that is a mouthful you just said, because I have always felt like a lot of times these kids who are 18, 19, you know, she's 21. They are thrust into this new world uh, without the proper 
assistance. Like to me, there ought to be like a whole, you know, these schools and colleges where you're, you know, recruiting these kids to come and put your school on the map and all of that type of stuff, you know, because when, you know, you look at some of the people who are winning gold medals and silver and bronze or whatever, right? What do they do? They go to their hometowns. They go and talk to the the college they went to. You know, they go and do all these interviews about who this person was. And so I think that these schools, in my opinion, have a responsibility to hire some folk, like get you a crisis communications group, something to help these kids understand what is about to happen so that they can perhaps make better choices. I think especially in this situation, because I know it's hard when people are criticizing you, it's hard not to respond, but especially in a situation where you know that you broke the rule and you're already admitting that you know you broke it, going tit for tat with people and oh, and I'm glad all y'all who think y'all perfect, it really isn't serving you in any way. And I think that a lot of times they are thrust into this spotlight. Y'all knew she was fast as I don't know what when you put her out there. Um, you knew this this person was gonna be drafted in the NBA. You knew this one was gonna make it to the you know to the NFL. You knew I mean you you knew this is what was gonna happen. And I think not preparing them for that does them a disservice. Um, that's just my little soapbox, but it drives me absolutely insane. You see it time and time again, and they don't know how to handle this overnight. Like nobody knew really her name on a national level until the Olympic trials. So you wake up one morning and you're Shikari Richardson, fast girl who's going to run this hundred, you know, to try to qualify for the Olympics. And you go to bed and you wake up again and now you're like a phenom and you're on the Today Show and you're on Good Morning America and you're on the world stage. Uh, and that's a lot of pressure. That's heavy. Uh, so I definitely agree with that. Um, they need to get some people in there to help them babies. That's just my opinion. Uh, so... <laughs> I wanted to also ask what you guys thought about the fact that, you know, there was this discussion for a little bit that, okay, she's not going to be able to run in her individual race, but her suspension would be up in time for her to possibly be on the relay team. So then there was, okay, is she going to at least be able to go? And then a few days later, it was announced that the team was not extending that to her at all. So she was not chosen to go at all. What were your thoughts about that? Tam, you go first. I think it's a double-edged sword, right? So think about the message that would send to other athletes who were in a similar situation where they had been, they were tested um, and they had test positive for a, you know, drug that was on the banned list, but there's a, a, another way for them to be able to still compete. Not everyone has that same opportunity within their sport. Um, and so I think, although it's difficult to know that, you know, she's out completely, I think they did the right thing, unfortunately. They didn't say she's banned from the sport. So she has an, and, you know, and she's young, right? We just said she's 21. So she has another opportunity. There's tons more races, not the same level of, a, of an Olympics in the next two to three years, but she could still get ready for the next Olympics and show out there if the opportunities, you know, presented itself and she's still interested in running. Um, but I think for this set of games, she, you reap what you sow. And so unfortunately she, you know, didn't qualify for her event. So she needs to sit out. Thank you, Tam. Amber, how about you? Um, I completely agree with Tam. And I also feel that um, as far as the people on the relay team and the other teammates, I know that they had a hard decision to make too, because as much as you may feel bad for her, I know that sometimes they have some camaraderie because they've been together um, and you may feel bad and you may say, gosh, I really want to help her, but you also have Olympic goals yourself, you know, and you know, she was caught once. Is she, did she learn her lesson? Is she going to do it again? It makes you uneasy and nervous. So you kind of don't want to be involved in that now anyway, you know? So, um, I think that, you know, it was the right decision to make. Um, and like Tam said, I think it would have put a bad precedence, you know, to kind of reward, um, some inappropriate behavior. But I also feel that the team also had a hard decision to make and the coach. And I'm not sure who in that group makes the decision, but, to be able to put her on this relay team and possibly, you know, this could happen again or she could test again because now she's, you know, got a, a light shining on her. 
um, that is a risk that none of them were probably willing to take. And I, I know it probably was a hard decision for them, like I said, because you usually have some type of bond going through this process together. You know, there's very few people in the world who understand the process and have been there and done that. So um, I think it was the right decision. And I think that um, that was the best one to make. And I know it was probably hard for her team and for the coach and everybody else to make that decision along with it. I agree, Amber. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think two things. One, it would have been a distraction because had she run in the relay, we're all holding our breath, waiting for the drug test to come back because I think they're tested like right after a win. And two, I'm going to be straight up. If I'm on this Olympic team and I've waited all this time, I mean, think about it. You train. This only happens every four years. It was delayed a year because of COVID. And this is my moment. And I run in this relay race and this girl mess around and test positive again. That isn't just her that's impacted. It's her teammates. It's three other people who worked hard to get here who could lose, who would lose their medal as well. And so, um, for, you know, for those reasons, I agree with you guys. I think that as difficult as it may have seemed, it's like, oh, y'all could have let her run. Those, it, that's not an individual race. That's three other people who will ha have to bear the brunt of whatever decision she may have made that wasn't a good one. Uh, and, and before we leave, I think that, um, since we're talking about the Olympics, I think I'd be remiss in not asking you guys your opinion um, about what has happened with Simone Biles. And um, as you know, mental health is near and dear to my heart. And so the people who are talking about how she let the U.S. down and all of that stuff, they really just, as the lady from Raising Culture says, burn my biscuit. She kills me when she says that. But it just really irritates me, um, you know, right on the heels of what happened with Naomi Osaka. It just irks me when people, um, you know, oh, she just, you know, she let the team down and, um, you know, she let the U.S. down and, you know, all of those negative comments that people make when somebody says, hey, I need to step away from this for my own mental health. Um, and so that just it it, it sends me somewhere. So um, I, I obviously, since we're talking about the Olympics, I just could not leave this conversation without asking you guys your opinion on that. So, Tam, how do you feel about the decision Simone made and about some of the negative uh, comments and publicity that she's getting as a result? I think she made the right decision for herself. She knows whether or not she is mentally there and performing at the level that she needs to perform. Um, I was listening to um, ESPN today and they were talking about this and a, a former athlete who at first felt she did let the team down changed her opinion completely after Simone released her reasonings that she since has taken off her Instagram around that she, when she was on the bars and on another, um, one of the sports that she competes in, one of the other um, exercises she competes in, she, was, she wasn't able to keep concentrated and she wasn't sure of where she was in the air and where she would land. And so if you know as a top athlete that she is, if your head's not in it, you're having problems spatially, figuring out where you're at, you know, as you're performing, the um, tricks that you're doing, you know, you need to step away, right? You need to take a break, just like with any other job, you know, when your mind's not in it, when you're not there, you need to step away from what you're doing so that your mind can get into it. And the way she also performed, um, I can't remember in what, um, what she was doing that she decided that she walked off, I think it was, was it the uneven bars? Where she, that's when she made the decision that she was, you know, going to go ahead and step away. The way she performed at that level already had them going for silver at that stage. So she already knew she was bringing the team down. So if she stayed, they may not have gotten and won the silver medal. They could have gotten bronze or they could have not even, you know, medaled. So she did what was right for the team as a team member and she stayed. She didn't quit her team, she did what was best for herself and her team. And she was there to cheer everyone on and she allowed others to step up to the plate and rise up to the occasion. And so kudos to her. She is the greatest of all times. Um, but, you know, we all have to recognize in ourselves when it's time to step away and when we need a break. And kudos for her to recognize that. Yes, she recognized that at the biggest match of her life. But who cares? She recognized it and took care of herself and is taking care of herself. Amen to that, Tam. Uh, Amber, how about you? 
Um, ditto, ditto. Um, I feel that, you know, with anybody who knows me knows I'm an Olympic fan and I love it and I watch it. And I do remember that um, conversation and I went back and watched her on the vault when she was in the air. And if you look at her face, she almost looks confused and um, unsure. And with gymnastics, that is super dangerous. Uh, you know, they can land on their head, their their side, their whatever. And um, I could completely see it. But even prior to seeing that, um, it's her mental health. And I think a lot of people think, oh, it's not mental. It's just, you know, it's, it's probably this or it's probably that. They don't take mental health as something serious, and it is. And I just feel that they thought it was an excuse that she was, you know, didn't think she was going to, she's mad because she just messed up on a couple of, you know, um, the vault or whatever. And um, kind of hurt my feelings because someone can't express. And that's part of her issue, you know, that she is struggling. She's having a problem. Um, she's not in the right headspace for whatever the reason is. Um, and they're not taking it seriously. And just like we were talking about earlier that, you know, you're thrown into this spotlight and this stardom and people are expecting just these things from you. And that's a lot of pressure in itself. And then if she's got other personal things going on to top that off, you have, you know, all of that to think about. And I watched one of the interviews after they won the silver medal and they're trying to talk to everybody about the silver medal. And she's trying to deflect the conversation and talk about how great her teammates did. And five times during the interview, it was like, but is there any other reason other than what you said? Is there any other reason, but are you injured? So is it physical? And all of that can play a part in the mental health because you just, I've told you what it is, but it's like, nobody really truly wants to believe that, that that can't really be it. And that's a little upsetting to me, um, but if you know anything about it or see it, I just don't see how you don't understand how that, that's what she's saying is true, you know? And um, I love what Suni's dad said about saying that she was the GOAT because she allowed, you know, her daughter, to, his daughter to become what she is. And so she's the true GOAT because of that. And I wish everybody felt that way. Um, I think if they felt that way, a lot of things would be a lot easier. And I think that her opening up has allowed other people to say, you know what, I'm not okay. And it's okay to say that I'm not okay. Um, so I think that, you know, she's a leader in that and that you're able to put something so big on the back burner. And she even said to her team, you guys can do this. I already have a gold. I already have a medal. You know, don't worry about me. Don't be upset about me. You know, go do what you got to do. I have confidence in you. Even while she's going through all of these things in her head, she's still thinking about other people. So, you know, I love what Sunni's dad said. And like I said, I just wish more people thought like that. And we also have to remember, and she said it in an interview relatively recently, the only reason, one of the only reasons why she did decide to compete this year is because she felt it was necessary as a victim um, of, I can't, his name was just on the tip of my tongue, but as a sexual assault victim, um, she was the only athlete still a part of that, that was still able to, that was still going to compete. And so she wanted to keep the spotlight on that as well. And that's a lot to deal with. We don't know how she's dealing with that or how she's dealt with that, right? Because she's been getting ready for the Olympics. So we don't know what her mental health is. And I think we as a society have a very hard time on things that we can't see. So yes, if you if she had said, I twisted my ankle, that's something we could see, right? And so that's more accepting. But when someone has a hidden disability, has a hidden illness, has mental health issues, that's something we can't see. And so we don't, that doesn't have as much weight um, as something that's physical that we physically can see, unfortunately. And that is why there's such stigma around mental health. And that's why people don't talk about their mental health that much. And I'm glad to see these athletes now talking about it and put it, using their platform to put it in the forefront. But shame on those reporters who kept, who kept inquiring, are you sure that's it? Are you sure that's it? Let's take her for her word and move on. Um, there's no story here. And if there is a story, she'll share the story with whom she wants to share the story with. Um, and I think that's the other thing. Each reporter is trying to, to get the story. And the story is plain and simple. Her head's not in it. She knew she was going to injure herself. She was going to injure the standing of her team. She needed to walk away and allow her, others, her other teammates to shine. It's a team sport. 
So we shouldn't be depending on one person to carry the team. And if that's the case that, that we were truly depending on Simone to carry the team, shame on the team. Shame on America for us thinking that way. All of her teammates are capable and have shown that they were more than capable to take to you know to stand in their own athleticism and give their best shot at winning gold. They won silver, which is great, fantastic. But shame on us for depending so much and putting the weight of the team on Simone's shoulders. And you know, to piggyback too off of what you just said, Tim, I thought about something. You know, I'm a church girl, been one all my life, and I think about the what we talk about in church all the time about faith, and that the definition of faith is the evidence of things hoped for. No, the Oh, gosh, Karen, say it for me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Correct. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it's hard to have faith. And I think that it's hard for people. It's like almost you can take away the word faith and put, you know, mental illness. It's those the things that people, you know, they hope for, you know, a good mental headspace and all that. But the the things that are not seen are confusing to people. And you've got to really, truly believe people when they say what they mean, because you can't see it. It's not a cast on a foot or, you know, something on a hand that you can see. And the other issue I thought about, too, is I thought it, I think it was hard for all of them. But if you're already going through what Simone was going through in her head and you're in the middle of this pandemic, I don't know how many of you know that she always talked about how every time she got on to do the balance beam or the floor exercise, she would look up at her parents. And when she was done, she would look up. There are no fans in the stands. Your family isn't there to be there with you. And so can you imagine if you're going through something like that and you don't even have your family to depend on right there with you to look at you, to, you know, boost you on. And that didn't probably make it any better for her. Mm -hmm. Both of you are speaking my language. I was thinking the same thing. I've often said that, you know, when it's, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have this reaction if you could see the x-ray of her fractured foot or if there was a wrap on her twisted ankle or her busted up hand. But let her say that she's not in the right headspace for this. And all of a sudden it's, oh, that's just a bunch of crap. Um, you know, and it's a shame. I think part of what you were talking about, Tam, she had to um, release video of herself during the practices where she couldn't make the landing and she kept falling into the, you know, they have those mats there as she would get off of the uneven bars or the parallel bars. She uh, would fall into the mat. It was, you could see it. She couldn't kind of get her bearing so that she could stick the landing. And I think it was a former gymnast. I don't know what tweet I saw because it's been all over the place, but she was saying, you know, if you miss um, a hole in, in golf, right, you miss it, you're upset, but you move on. You, you know, miss, um, a, a, a basket. Okay. But if you fly in the air and mess that up, you could die. Like, or you come down completely paralyzed. And she was saying, you don't understand the danger that goes with those flips and all that stuff that you see. Um, you know, and I hadn't said anything to anybody, but I kind of worried about this because I just felt like there was so much pressure. It was like, you know, they were saying, is there any scenario in which these girls aren't going to win gold. Oh no, no, there's not. I mean, the the pressure that comes with that and I totally think that um she's been a complete class act. She didn't go into her hotel room and stay there. She came and celebrated her teammates. As you said, Tam, she saw what was happening and it's best for me to remove myself so that you guys can shine and we can still come home with some medals and she's got tons of gold medals silver you know so hey it's great to add another one but for some of these girls this is their this is their first time doing this and it's better for her to remove herself than to be a hindrance to that and to know what is best for her uh, and I think that's the thing that bothers me the most if you can't see it then it must not be real you know she must not be telling the truth because we can't see it um, and it, it happens a lot with athletes. I don't know why, you know, Naomi Osaka decides, you know what, I'm just going to remove myself from this tennis tournament and I don't want to be a distraction. And all of a sudden she's whining, oh, you know, how could she do that? Uh, and at the end of the day, it's just tennis. It's just, it's just gymnastics. It's not worth somebody's life. It's not worth their mental health. It's, it's, it's an Olympic game. Nobody's life depends on this. Uh, and so for people to be that outraged, I just thought was really, really sad. 
Um, but just really quickly, since we talked about her as well, how did you feel about the way uh, Naomi Osaka was also treated when she decided that for her own health, she was going to remove herself from um, the U.S. Open? And then, of course, you had Megan Kelly, who came out criticizing all the new the covers of magazine magazines she'd been on, as well as, um, you know, the fact that she was going to um, be in the Olympics. So uh, supporting or representing Japan. Uh, what did you guys think of that? I don't know if you saw what Megan Kelly had to say, but it was like, oh, she's supposed to be um, not feeling well mentally, but look, she's on the cover of this magazine and she's doing this and she's doing that. Tam, I'll let you go first. She had already stated she gets anxiety from having to do interviews. Being on a cover of a magazine, yes, probably there's an interview in there, but I'm sure that they do the interview in such a way where she is comfortable. An interview after a match explaining why you didn't perform is not a comfortable situation when you're still trying to process why you didn't perform at the level that you had expected to, right? I don't understand why we feel that these athletes owe us anything, that they owe us an explanation about why they fail to win immediately after a match. They're given coaches to be able to perform, to be able to hit the ball or to run fast, and they train their bodies. But who's training their minds? Who's making sure and taking care of them mentally? Who's listening to them and giving them breaks mentally? They may get physical breaks, but who's giving them a mental break? And as an athlete performing at that level, even if you're saying, okay, you don't have to come to practice for the next week, where can she go where she can just be Naomi? Can she go to the mall? And not be recognized as Naomi Osaka? Probably not. You know, so who's training them? Who's giving them the tools and resources? And we should be understanding as their fans and as members of the press. And I get members of the press are doing their job. But we should need to recognize, too, that we they don't owe us anything. If they choose not to speak to us, oh, well, you know, form a relationship. Maybe then if you form certain relationships with certain athletes, Maybe you'll get that exclusive and they feel comfortable with you. But they, we have to remember people don't owe us anything. And if she wants to take a break and if she doesn't want to deal with it and play in a tournament that requires after you play a match that you must speak to the press, kudos to her. She can decide which, which job she wants to take and which job she doesn't want to take. And who are we and to don't tell forget, her nay? And don't forget, not only do you have to, we're going to find her like $15,000. If she didn't do these interviews after the matches, it, it was, it wasn't just, shame on, yeah. Shame on the, you know, these opens, the U.S. Open for making that again, a requirement. And then if you decide to opt out that I'm going to, that you owe me 15 grand, she signed up to play tennis. She did not sign up to be placed in front of microphones and asked questions over and over again in different ways about why she didn't perform at the top level every time she plays. Amber, how about you? Yes, I, I felt really bad for her and um, and Megan Kelly. That's that's a whole other story, but um, well, she just she irks my whole soul. Yes, <laughs> she gets on my nerves drastically, and you know to say the things that she said it, to me, it doesn't matter whatever else she did. I don't even care if she went and played in a different type of match, or you know, I know she has the Netflix um, little documentary on TV. Like Tam said, all of those things are things that she controlled. Um, you probably you she doesn't know what happened. You know, you know the questions that are going to be asked. You can prepare for them. Um, you can kind of control. You can, if you're feeling a certain way, you can kind of take a pause. You can take a break. All of those things are things that she can control. And the sad part about this is, is that something that she loves so much or that we assume that she loves so much. Um, you know, you, you happen to be good at a sport and of course, anybody who's, if you're good at something, if you're at work, most people work every day and you want a promotion, you want to, you know, move over into a different department. So with her being this tennis player, of course she would want to, you know, go to the U S open, the French open and do these different things. But just because I want to do these different things, all of these other things, the interviews and you asking me questions and saying, all that's not what I really, I just want to play the game and get rewarded like you're supposed to for the, you know, the tournaments that you play. And for you to make that comment that she's doing interviews and she's doing this and that, it ain't none of your darn business what she's doing. 
she said that she, whatever her reason was, I don't want to talk to people. And she said that it had something to do with mentally, you know, you, like you said previously, keep, take that at her word and you move on and you try a different way, but it is not for you to analyze everything else she does in her life. Cause I really wish somebody would analyze, maybe kill, you know, for her to just make those comments and arbitrarily, she doesn't even know her, doesn't even know what it took for her to do the interviews doesn't know what it took for her to do the magazine covers and what was involved in it. Maybe they did it at her home and privately with her. Or like Tam said, maybe whoever took the picture, she formed a relationship with them and she actually liked them. I mean, whatever the case may be, but who are you to judge? And so everybody else just needs to leave it alone. And when, you know, the sad part is, is when something drastic happens, it's always, oh, we should have listened to her or we should have, we should have paid more attention. Well, wake up. Pay attention. She's screaming from the top of her lungs of what the issue is and nobody wants to listen. No. And this, you know, we're seeing that now with how everybody's treating the Britney Spears situation, the conservatorship, right? When she was having her mental breakdown, it was jokes and laughter and people thought it was funny. But now, um, you know, that she has lost, is gaining back control of her own personal life, but doesn't have control of making decisions, now all of a sudden people are recognizing, oh, maybe we should have taken more care with her and recognized when she needed a break and, you know, not made her the butt of jokes on late night television and really backed off as press. So, yeah. I think that it is, um, it's just something that we struggle with here in the States. I don't know about anywhere else that mental health is not seen as that. That's a part of health too. Just because it's got the word mental in front of it, your mental health is just as important as your blood pressure, as your cholesterol, as your 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 A1C, as all of those things. Um, and when it comes to people like Megan Kelly, um, and I I put it up on um, LinkedIn. This sister, she she's from an HBCU reporter. She ate Megan Kelly up, and it was so appropriate. What gets me about somebody like her is, you know, I, I went to school for journalism. I studied this. This is a craft. This is a profession. You don't just, you know, slap some words on a page and put it up on the internet and call yourself a reporter because now you got a blog or whatever. You're not, you know, you get a little notoriety as a as a reporter. I mean, I'm sorry, as a as a lawyer. And so then they give you a TV show, and now you're supposed to be a journalist because had she done her research, she would know that those magazine covers were done months before this. Some of them were done like back in December. She would know that. Same thing with the Netflix documentary. You think in that few weeks that she took off from the U.S. Open, she had time to do a bunch of magazine covers for them to be edited and put on the front cover and to do a documentary that would have to be edited and put together? Seriously? Seriously. You know, so do your homework, Megan, before you run off at the mouth. You're 50 years old, picking at a 20-something-year-old. And then when the young lady, when Naomi blocked her, Oh, she going to take a shot because Naomi made a comment about, you know, I would think that you would have done more research. She made a comment and then she blocks her and Megan comes back with, um, oh, and after she takes a shot at me, she blocks me. For real, you started this, sis. She did not. Um, And so, again, that's another one of those things that, as she would say, burns my biscuits (laughs) because being a reporter is a what I'm that's what she says <laughs> being a reporter there's a responsibility there to be objective and to keep your opinion to yourself unless it's an editorial piece that's clearly marked as this is your opinion but if you're supposed to be giving us news sis do your homework and give us actual news so I'm with you Amber I want somebody to check Megan <laughs> but ladies I just want to thank you for taking the time to have this conversation with me. I know we were really here to talk about Shikari, but how could we not talk about Simone and what's been going on since uh, the Olympics is happening right now? Um, And so we're uh, wishing luck to all the athletes who still um, are uh, competing and congratulations to those who have already brought home medals and even those who were just able to make it. It's a great experience. um, And I hope that Uh, People really got something out of what we had to say today. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you, ladies, so much again for being with me today. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that's kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. As always, remember to take care of you. And until we have a chance to speak again, be blessed.